Blog Talk Radio. Looking for inspiration to take action, to grow? Then you've arrived. The Cocoa Express has been waiting for you. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Best Invention Ever You with Aurelia and her amazing co-host Marilyn. We are here today once again to bring to you some best inventions ever. Marilyn, we're at it again today, aren't we? Hello, hello. Good afternoon, Aurelia. How are you doing, Aurelia? I'm doing fine. All that time I was talking, you couldn't hear me? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, you sound great. So happy to be here again. Thank you, thank you. And we're at it again, Marilyn. We've uncovered another best invention ever. Isn't that something special? I think if we if we keep going, um, we probably can span the globe and we'll be busy for the next 50 years uncovering some of the best inventions ever. <laughs> that sounds good to me. We got to keep them coming. And um, so should I uh, start talking about the best invention ever that we have today as a guest? Sure, sure, by all means. Wow, yeah, Ralph Rowe, and uh, we're going to talk about the Soul Snacks cookies, and there was something that stood out to me as I was reading his bio, and he says, uh, there's something that says, there is no expiration date on passion, there's a lot to maintain in the Soul Snacks business while still loving music, passion is not how much money you make. Passion is about whether you finish the thoughts, the completion of the task, and making it happen. It's the truth of passion, making it happen. If you got to learn from where you fail and get up and keep going from here. Les Brown says, if you fall, make sure you fall on your back so you're looking up and you can get up. Right. So this is amazing. So we have um, Ralph Roll. He has always marched to the beat of a different drum. It's no surprise that with more than three and a half decades of professional experience within the music industry, Ralph Roll enjoys an, a career as much as a sought-after drummer. He made his music with the likes of Nile Rodgers. And Chick, Sting, Bono, Aretha Franklin, Queen Latifah, Chris Boddy, wow, and many more. He's the resident on the resident band for NBC's It's Showtime at the Apollo for over 15 seasons. It's no no stranger to dishing out a solid groove. Ralph is accustomed to serving up heaping portions of soul that leaves appetites wet with anticipation and desire, salivating and begging for more. He founded Soul Snacks Cookies in 1996, and he will tell us about more plans that he has and remember that dreams do come true. And for all of you listening, I want you to remember to follow your dreams and the obstacles come with it. And it's overcoming those obstacles and holding the vision. So Aurelia, if you want to add anything? Sure. 
I'd like to talk about, you know, soul snacks. Soul snacks, it's interesting because not only is he feeding our soul with the rhythmic beats of the drum, he also Mm. feeds our soul with snacks, cookies, treats. And it's interesting, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that we spend a lot of our time trying to figure out what's my purpose in life? What will I do? What am I going to do? You know, and we always try to pigeonhole ourselves to one thing. But you see, this particular guest, Ralph Roll, he didn't allow himself to be just stuck in one mode, one place. He expanded himself. I mean, he is um, a creator of music. He is also a creator of some type of food snacks. He's also a business owner. So those are different hats that he's wearing, which says to us that we too can wear different hats. We don't have to wear one hat and be stuck with the hat. We can wear so many hats, as many as we can manage. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. I love that, Aurelia, because sometimes people get so stuck on what is my purpose? What am I purpose? What am I here for? Enjoy whatever it is that you're doing today and go and put your energy out there. Find opportunities. When the universe sees that you're taking action and you're putting your energy into something, any small steps, any action steps, and the small things that you do it, you do it with love, there will be opportunities that open up for you. Right? And it's not trying to figure it out so much, but just ask yourself, what can I do today? And if you do have a vision, it doesn't mean that you have to fast forward to that. Just have that feeling as if you already accomplished it. See the vision, see the dream, take baby steps. And when you take action steps, things will start happening. But if you're just sitting down and thinking about the vision and not taking action steps because you feel overwhelmed, then nothing is going to happen. And like you said, Aurelia, it's not just one thing. You can try different things. Do one thing, another one. I tried many different things. And then when you find that one thing that you love and you say, wow, this is it. This is what I love. I have found that my purpose is helping and inspiring people and mainly teenagers. And I love it. And I love working with teenagers and inspiring them. But I did not know that. Um, so there were doors that starting it, starting, started opening up for me. And then you discover it. But it's like you do things even though you feel like that's not part of your purpose. But that is going to lead you to something else, and that will lead you to something else. And when you open up and you open up your heart and you let go and let go of any anger or resentments, things will start coming to you. You will start attracting the people, the circumstances, and then the path will start to unfold, and you will get there. It's all a journey. It's a destination. Enjoy the journey. Yes, and it's really interesting you say that because um, oftentimes uh, we have this little nudging in ourselves that, you know, that's pulling something that's pulling us in a particular direction. And sometimes we choose not to answer that call or listen to that nudging. And that nudging is part of who you are and what you're meant to do. But being stubborn, And not thinking because it's not being, you know, like a billboard sign and you're like, this is what you're supposed to do. Look over here. You ignore it. And 
once you really do heed the call, because it'll continue to call at you, and it'll continue to try to get your attention, and it'll continue pushing you in the direction where you should go, and you keep trying to ask, why do I keep winding up over here? What is this about? I'm not interested in this, but you keep finding yourself over in this direction. That is what calls you to do what it is your soul, your heart, your spirit, your mind wants you to do. When you answer that, all the other pieces will fall into place, and you will see that you are now finding what your purpose is and where you're supposed to be. I love it. I love it. And, yes, like you said, pay attention. And if you have that voice, that inner voice telling you something and it's in your heart, that must be listened to. You cannot ignore that. And I am living the life that I'm living today because I listened to that voice. I had – and it it could – seems so unlogical or logical and it's like I'm hearing this voice and it didn't make sense to me it was an inner voice and I listened and I made that phone call and that phone call led me to my friend's house and her neighbor was introduced to me and that's my husband today because I listened to my intuition so when you have that intuition and when you have that inner voice listen to it do not ignore it and there have been many circumstances where I have listened to that voice to that inner voice the intuition and the way we get to really hear it and know that it's our intuition speaking is to having that awareness being present spend some time by yourself without doing anything just sitting there, close your eyes, and you can do this for four minutes, just a few minutes. You don't need to do it for 30 minutes and just try and force something. Don't force anything. Just surrender and allow, be present, be aware, and trust. Okay. Well, Marilyn, guess what? Our amazing guest is with us now. Um, My voice is going in and out, but I'm going to stick with you, and we're going to bring him on. Hello, Ralph. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for asking. Oh, you're quite welcome. Hi, Ralph. So happy to have you here. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Yes. You're with Aurelia and Marilyn. You know me, Ralph, through my sister. I'll say the name, and once I say the name, you'll know who she is. Valencia. Okay. Valencia Lyle? Yes, I'm her sister. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, yes. Wow. Nice. That's, that's, well, nice talking to you. You know, Valencia and I go way back. You know, yes, I know, I I know, know. the family. I know your niece. I know everybody. <laughs> yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I know. And you're not a stranger to Best Invention Ever. She interviewed you when she was doing the episodes, um, oh, uh, a few years ago. And we just reinvented it again, um, and with her permission, of course. <laughs> and oh, nice. Yeah, and we're so glad that we could have you because it seems in all those years so much more has happened for you. 
Yeah, I've been working really hard to, uh, you know, uh, continue on not only with uh, the cookie business, but uh, my music career as well. So, it's yeah. been, uh, you know, it's been a beautiful journey. Okay. So, Phyllis, in, um, from, I'll say, 2019 to now, what have been the, the, the transitions that you've experienced? Um, from tw- well, the COVID kind of changed the, the, the landscape for every single person on this planet. Um, and I had opened a restaurant right before COVID, like, and then we had to close down for three months. And then we opened the restaurant again, and then the Omicron variant hit, and we had to close, and this time it was permanent. So we got a two-year run out of the restaurant, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of, lot of great things happen, and, not, you know, some things that were very tough. But, you know, my personally, I just look at life from the, from the standpoint of no matter if it's good or bad, you'll learn something good from it if you search for the lesson in it. You know, so that's just my my take on on how I live, and hopefully, you know, convey that message to others that you know, even though it might seem bad at the moment, there are teachable moments within that. That's 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 so true. See, we I find that I say 2019 because it seems like the world came to a standstill, and that's when we had to really figure out or find out what we're made of what we are truly here on this planet to, to really do and what we're going to get from what the planet has to offer us. So that's why I gave you that time period. However, your story starts when you were a young drummer. How did you get into drumming? Um, the initial uh, introduction came by way of my brother, who's about eight years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, one day I came home uh, from playing outside and there was a drum set set up in our bedroom and my mother being the strict person that she is, she had to, she allowed this to, to happen uh, because in my neighborhood, my mother ran practically all of everything. She ran the tenants association, the tenant patrol, the garden program, the summer youth program. And she was the uh, crossing guard on the corner. So allowing drums in the house meant that you had to play at a certain time for a certain period so that you weren't disturbing the neighbors. But I was just elated over the fact that, that it gave an excuse for me to be able to jump on the bed because there was nowhere to walk. So, you know, I did everything my brother did. And, and um, picking up drums from him, was just like a natural progression for me. And that's how I started around eight years old playing drums. And um, and I just kept it up from there. He gave it up and be- became a mechanical engineer, started his own company, but I kept up the drums. Okay. And that has taken you into so many different avenues. Did you ever expect that you would take the road that would take you to all the places and all the people that you've encountered and um, experienced, what what was that like for you as you were? No, go ahead. I don't think it was an I don't think it was an expectation. I think it was just a passion that took root. 
um, that I decided, you know, early on that this was something that I was willing to die for, but, you know, to, to be a drummer, you know, and I did everything that I thought was needed and necessary from, you know, studying to practicing constantly to, you know, listening to my, my, my peers and my mentors and following their instructions and, you know, just, just trying to do all of the things that were needed and necessary you know, on a, on a, you know, shoestring budget. You know, I didn't get my first drum set until about a year before I turned professional. So I just, I played on everybody else's kit in the neighborhood. Everybody had a drum kit. My cousin had a drum kit in uh, Jamaican Queen. And I would, you know, take two hours and a half to ride out to his house to play on the weekends. And then my friend Artie had a drum set. So I just, you know, the thing about passion is that passion will make things happen uh, for you if you just follow your passion. You know, if if you don't, uh, it's not passion if you don't, you know, see yourself doing it all the time. You know, it's not a it's not a, the kind of thing that you, you know, sometimes do. And my that's just my opinion. I mean, if if you're passionate yeah. about something, then, then it's something you're consumed about. Yes, I have a question. So what would you say to the listeners that feel that they're really passionate about something, but you're going to have obstacles and challenges that discourage you and make you want to give up? So what can you share with the listeners? Something that you've Obst- gone through? Or- mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no. Obstacles and challenges are, are part of life. It, you know, you will... You will come, uh, you will come uh, across obstacles, but it's all depending on how you how you view that as an obstacle or as a learning experience. So for me, uh, and this is something that I teach in my master classes when I'm when I'm uh, drumming, is that even though things could be very hard and extremely traumatic, depending on how you pull from that can help you to move forward and also can help others to move forward. Uh, but you, it, it all depends on the, the messaging that you take from that situation. And I know for some people it's tougher than others to get past tough situations. But, um, you know, there's, there's therapy and there's, you know, people you can talk to. But the mm-hmm. main thing for me you know, as a, as a young man who's, you know, dealt with his share of obstacles, is how do I get out of my own way? How do I now find a path that is positive uh, without allowing whatever happened destroy you? You know, that's mm. just what um, you have to do. And it happens at all stages of your life. Um, but you cannot be the one that's the obstacle. You can, you have to get out of your own way. Is the thing that I talk about, you know, and yes. and that's very important for everyone. I know, you know, some people just have the ability to see past the negativity and see themselves in a in a brighter light, you know, no matter what the situation is. So you might not have success you know, like someone else, but, you know, that's someone else. That's not you. The grass is always greener on the other side, and sometimes when you go and look at that grass, they have 
you know, they got all kicks and fleas and all kind of stuff, but you just didn't <laughs> see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I, I oh, decided yeah. to do in my life, you know, is to is to get past whatever obstacles that there may be and and get out of my own way. We have enough stuff that we deal with out here every day. Why be your own obstacle is the question. Mm, great. I love, now, I love that. Get out of your own way. Love that. Thank you for the encouraging words. Now, Ralph, tell us, how did you begin on the cookie journey? <laughs> um, as a young kid, uh, as a very young kid, um, I would, uh, I just loved, I, I was a kid in the project that was a nerd. I was a nerdy kid that grew up in public housing, but sometimes it's not a good blend. Um, so my love of baking came from me being under my grandmother uh, and when we went to see her at my aunt's house. And the and just me and my cousin Vincent, who's a year younger than me, we had the the job of of cleaning the the, the bowl with the batter after my grandmother had made a cake or something. She would give it to us, and we would sit at the table on telephone books, and we would would put our fingers in it and lick the bowl to the point <laughs> it was so clean you didn't even have to wash it. <laughs> but I remembered um, I remembered those days as being um, very positive images and smells and family and and just joyful times and and so I just you know loved to bake. My mother was uh, the kind of person that she had she had two boys and two girls, and the girls did everything the boys did, and the boys did everything the girls did. So we learned how to cook. We learned how to clean. We learned how to sew. All of these so-called stereotypical mm. female domestic things, which, you know, I, it was, it, it's crazy. But everybody needs to learn these things no matter who you are. It's not, it's not predicated to one particular, you know, uh, person or, 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 or uh, gender. gender. So I love baking. I love being in the kitchen. My, my, my brother's a great cook. My sister's of great cooks, but I just love the baking part. And coming up being a shy kid, that was my opening to meet girls. I would bake cookies for the girls and give it to them. And, you know, oh, that's so clean. It's so nice. Oh, my God. And I was like, okay, all right. Because I wasn't, I didn't, I never saw myself growing up as cool like my friends. You know, my friends that I grew up in my neighborhood, they, they were cool to me. But I just didn't feel like I was that cool guy. So, you know, I had to learn and build confidence as I grew. But the opening line to meet girls was uh, cookies or, or, or muffin or, you know, and uh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? How well did it work, huh? <laughs> it worked. That's why I'm laughing because it worked really well. <laughs> Wow. Now, as time evolved, you know, and you became an adult, when did you decide that this was this cookie thing was really a, a legitimate um, product that people wanted? Well, the next uh, chapter in the journey of, of breaking, I, be, I, I started playing music pretty heavily 
um, and working for different artists. Um, early on, I worked with Freddie Jackson and Glenn Jones and Stephanie Mills and Najee and, um, you know, just a lot of live performances with people. It was really cool. And then um, I got a gig at the Apollo Theater, which was an amazing uh, milestone in my life uh, to, to work there. But um, right before then, um, my mother had passed away, and I um, brought my production company into my apartment so my, my guys would come over, Armando Colon and Gerard Harmon, which we're very close to this day. I spoke to Gerard just yesterday and Armando the day before, although we have different careers and different directions, we're still very close friends. So one day when they came over, I um, I said, you know what, I'm going to bake some cookies. They're like, what? You're going to bake cookies. <laughs> so it, was, it just was kind of random to them. So I went in the kitchen and whipped up some cookies and brought them back to the studio. And it was like, okay, so now that we have the production room here, I want cookies every time we that that you that we get together. So, <laughs> so that's how it all started, you know, just with the guys. And then when my girlfriend, when she moved in uh, with me, and the holidays came around, we wanted to give gifts to our friends and family, but we just didn't have the money. So I I suggested why don't we just bake the cookies? And she thought it was a good idea. So we went downtown uh, to this 99 cent store that was near Macy's on 34th Street bought some Christmas tins, made all of these cookies and wrapped them up in the, you know, in the nice little bowl and packed them and sent them out to everybody. And um, everyone wrote back saying how great the cookies tasted. You might want to think about selling them. And I was like, okay, I love baking. When that passion bug hits me, and the only way I can explain it is like if you've ever been on a roller coaster, and you're going up before that first drop, you know that feeling that you get of, oh, my goodness? That's that feeling I get when the passion hits me. I, at that point, it's one of those things that I cannot turn away from. It, I got to see it through because it's it's that thing. And mm. that thing hit me as far as the cookies. So I, I called um, my friend Melba, who owns Melba's Restaurant, but at the time she didn't have a restaurant. And I said to Melba, she was running an open mic at Sylvia's, which are, uh, Sylvia's restaurant uh, owners are her cousins. And, and she was doing an open mic, and I was the drummer. And I said, Melba, I would love to bring uh, this new idea in that I'm thinking about. Uh, my girlfriend and I, it's, we want to sell cookies. And without batting an eye, Melba said, great, bring them. So the next Tuesday, being so ill-prepared and it came so fast, I, I came up with a label, I, I, I printed it out on a piece of paper, cut out the paper, put school glue on the label, put that on a brown bag, put the cookies in the sandwich bag, put the sandwich bag in the brown bag, uh, taped it together with scotch tape, and <laughs> we brought samples and we brought cookies to Sylvia's and um, gave out the, the cookies. The, the band was amazing, and uh, the, the lead singer was Shelby J, who sings with Prince. The guitar player was Mike Campbell, who played with Shaka Khan and also with Prince. The uh, keyboard player was uh, Fred McFarlane, who uh, wrote uh, the hit song, Somebody Else's Guy, as well as many other hit songs. I was the drummer, and I was working at the Apollo. So the, the, everyone in the band went on to do amazing things, but we were playing locally, you know, for the extra money. Mm-hmm. Um, gave out the cookies. <clears throat> everyone bought all the bags, like 20 bags, 25 bags of cookies, and there was a guy at the bar. 
from a magazine called YSB Magazine that was owned by BET Television, Young Sisters and Brothers. And he asked to speak to me. He said, great cookies. I heard you work at the Apollo. I would love to do a story on you. And I said, absolutely. So I told him my girlfriend and I were uh, uh, the bakers of the product, and she's also from public housing. She's from the projects too, and she graduated from Juilliard. So he was totally intrigued by the fact that there were these two people that came up in, in, in with humble beginnings in public housing. There were one graduate from Juilliard, one's you know working at the Apollo Theater doing a TV show, and he interviewed us right there on the spot. But I didn't have any number to give him. I didn't want to give the home number. So I called my sister, and she had one of those pagers with the PIN number. And I said, Vaughn, I'm doing an article. Is it possible I can give her your pager number? And she said, no, it's okay. We'll probably just get, like, a few calls. I said, yeah, right, just a few. So the article comes out, and the first day my sister calls me up, and, and she goes, okay, get a pen. You've got a couple of orders here. So I take down the people's information, and then she calls back in the afternoon and says, okay, you got a few more. And then she calls back the next day and says, okay, you have 10. And then in the afternoon she calls back and says, you have 30. And then she calls the next day and says, okay, you got 40 more. So now we're getting all this, all these orders, and we're still baking in, in our little oven with one rack at a time. Wow. So I got in touch with uh, my friend Patrice. Patrice Durant lived right across the street from me. His brother, Artie Durant, his older brother was the drummer, but Patrice and I became really close friends. And his mother owned a brownstone, and, and the above-ground basement apartment was uh, vacant. So I said, Patrice, i got to find a place to bake. You know, ask your mother if I can rent the space and put the kitchen in, in the space. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not asking her. You ask her. You know how strict my mother is. <laughs> So I said, okay, I got up enough, because she was strict like my mother. So I got up enough nerve. I went to Mr. Durant. I said, Mr. Durant, this is what's going on. I started a cooking company. We have a bunch of orders. My, my apartment project apartment is not working out. Um, can I rent the space? What I have to do is gut the kitchen. I got to take out your sink and put in a three-tub sink. I got to take out your oven and put in a convection oven. I got to build a ventilation system. And, and then I need a storage area, a preparation area, and an office, which you have the three rooms. And she, she looked at me, and, and it seems like the silence was dazed. <laughs> and she said, she said, okay, no problem. Wow. Start. Just like mm. that. And Amazing. I, 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 yeah, and that's how we, we got the first uh, facility. And, and mm. Angelo Ellaby double exposure, was a friend of mine before this all had happened. And we met through a mutual friend, and um, for a short time, actually when I met Valencia, I had gotten a job as A&R manager for Jive Records. So I was still in the music business, but I pulled away from playing and started um, doing an administrative job at Jive Records. And um, the next thing that happened is... um, that's what I got Angelo an interview for a publicity job there. And being the person that he is, he never forgot the fact that, you know, I got him this interview. So when Double Exposure was, was, was uh, just starting to do very well, 
I said, you know what? It might be good to get a publicist because we're getting all of these orders, and this is a really interesting story. And I went to Angelo, and I said, Angelo, this is what's going on. I, you know, told him all about what's happening, and he told me his price, and I said, okay, thank you very much. It was nice talking to you because it was way out of my price range. Mm -hmm. It was way out of my price range. But Angelo said, hold up, hold up. He says, "Um, I can see that you are really passionate about doing this. So here's what I'm going to do for you. You're going to pay mm-hmm. my expenses. So anything that I need to do as far as mailings and things of that sort, and, you know, I, I, I'm going to charge you for that. And when you can afford it is when you will pay me. And I will, mm-hmm. you know, I will do this for three months, three months. And in wow. three months, I was on the, uh, the TV Food Network NBC, yeah. ABC, Fox. Um, I was in the New York Times, the Village Voice, the London Independent. He got all of this stuff for me. I mean, it, I was in Sister the Sister Magazine, The Source. I mean, it, it went crazy. He, so, so now, fast forward where we are, I went back to him again, you know, and he's now my publicist, which has been great. So, um, you know, sometimes life comes full circle, you know, and if you don't forget your humble beginnings, you go back to those humble beginnings and pay homage to it. So so um, I'm I'm glad that that relationship stayed for over 30 years with Angelo and myself. Um, Amazing. But that's that's how things started, and that's, you know, I, I, I know you have other questions, but that's the whole beginning of how the cookie started. Yes. Now, you you are now, I mean, you have the cookies in Japan, correct? The store in Japan? Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a store in Tokyo. I had a three-story store in, in Tokyo in a place called Ginza, which is like New York's Fifth Avenue. It's very expensive, probably the most expensive real estate in, uh, in uh, all of Japan, if not you know, Europe, but they, they, the uh, person that brought me over owned five stores in Ginza. And I, you know, was invited to be one of the stores. Uh, sorry to say, but he went bankrupt um, over a bad business deal, and which means my store got, got consumed in that, in that uh, bad business deal and we closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but within that time, as I said, when things that are bad happen to you, you have to find a lesson in those things so it doesn't consume your thinking, your passion, or your idea. Because passion has no expiration date whatsoever. So what happened within that time period is I started a radio um, and video show from my second floor, and my first and only guest before we closed down was Miss Vanessa Williams. So the, the plan was to have all of the artists that came over to Japan to perform come to my store and interview them. And the first one was very successful, and I'm sorry we closed down, but I, know, I just got a phone call from a friend who was talking about bringing the product back over to Japan, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, wow. Nice. Incredible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, how, now, fast forward a little bit you're going to be found in Walmart stores. How did that happen? Um, so the Walmart deal, 
Um, so here's what I've done over the many years, and many businesses do this, small businesses. Um, when the invention of the Internet came, I don't think anyone uh, uh, thought or, or perceived what it would do for modern-day communication. I don't think anyone ever saw that coming. You know, we had just, we were just maybe a few decades out of getting TVs in our houses and getting, you know, these amenities like phones. And I know I'm a little older than you guys, but, you know, for example, when I showed my daughter a payphone, she didn't have a clue what it was. She's not a clue. She said, what is that? I said, I said honey, that's a payphone. She said, so what do you do with it? I said, you call people. Like she said, how? Like she just pick up and call. I said, no, you have to, you know, put money in the slot. And when I was a kid, it was on. It was a dime. She said, a dime. I mean, she was blown away. So my point is, is that <laughs> a modern day technology is moving at such a rapid pace that we don't expect certain things to take hold as it does. But that's just the way it's been from the uh, first locomotion train that went across America became that was modern technology right there. So my, my point is when I started doing all these things, no one knew that the internet was going to be what it was, but I, I'm like, okay, if I get my product out there, um, the first thing I need to do is get a website built because there was, you know, Google wasn't even a, a company. A friend of mine who was building my website said, you want to invest in this company called Google. And I looked at him and said, I don't like the name. I'm not investing. How <laughs> smart was I? Anyway, um, true, story, true story. It was a very true story. So, um, you know, because you remember there were search engines, Yahoo and Excite, mm-hmm. and they had another yeah. one called Jeeves. If you remember that, all yes. these different yeah. search engines that came about. So, but my goal was I'm going to get my company exposed as much as possible at this stage. And all of the major companies have websites, and my friend was a website builder, so he built me a website. And that's how the beginnings of the company started. But the way how they found me for um, this particular deal is I had so much content out there on the Internet, from videos, from me doing stuff, drumming, that was all connected to my cookie. So if people wanted to learn about me, they would just put my name, and it would pop up. This particular gentleman who was extremely successful in the hair care business had just sold his company for a a gazillion dollars. And what he decided and his father decided to do was what they were doing in the hair care business was to support their employees to move forward with their lives. He started a loan company for them. He started a a, a school to teach uh, English this, this man was unheard of as an executive, and his son was the same way. So his son went online looking because he had an opportunity to get a product into Walmart that happened to be a cookie, and he came up with this idea to call it Soul Snacks. And when he Googled Soul Snacks, the trademark ownership came up with my name on it. The name of the store uh, and the domain came up with my name on it, and then he started Googling my name, and Hundreds of videos popped up about me and the cookies. So he called his best friend, who happens to be, this is all true, his best friend is a magician, and his, his name is Magic Mark. Uh, Mark Gunston is his name, one of the only black magicians on the circuit out here. And he says, Mark, you played at the Apollo 
do you know this guy named Ralph Rowe? And he says, I think I might know him. Let me look him up. He looks it up. He says, I know this guy. And the next thing I know is I get a phone call from Mark. I didn't really know who Mark was at the time. But he said, we met at the Apollo. So I, I, I entertained the call. He said, I have a friend who wants to speak to you, and I do think that you want to have a conversation with him. And I said, okay. So when I got on the phone with this gentleman, his name is Mario DeLaGuardia. He's an amazing guy. He says, hey, Ralph, how you doing? I see you're doing some great things. You've got a factory in up, up in the Bronx. You employ people. You're doing things in your community. Now I understand you have great cookies. I said, yeah. He said, well, well, can you? He says, I'm going to buy some from you. <laughs> Send them to me. So I sent them the cookies. He got back in touch and he said, these cookies are amazing. How would you like to be in Walmart? And I said, okay, so what's the, what's the next joke here? What's, the, <laughs> what's going on? So he said, no, he said, no, I, I'm serious. I want to know because I'm, I, I have the ability to get you into Walmart with your company, and I want to know something you want to do. And I said, well, yeah, let's talk about it. So at that point, um, he hit the go button, and the next thing I know, there's a food scientist working with us. There's there's people in the, behind the scenes developing um, PowerPoint decks for this only 30-minute uh, presentation that was going to be almost a year later. So to get on to get in front of Walmart, you only have 30 minutes, and the appointment sometimes takes a year, a year to get in front of them. So we had a year of developmental uh, products and some doing some things to make sure that when they tasted it, they would love it. But what me and my partner did, we decided to send cookies directly to the, uh, to the distributor to, so she can taste it before the meeting. Great idea. So now all of the development is there. The, the PowerPoint deck is there after many, you know, iterations and changes to it. We sit in front of them. I'm I'm ready to go. They they told me that most of the uh, most of the conversation is going to be you talking about the company, and then when it's time for the PowerPoint is when we'll jump in. We got to do it in 30 minutes. Phone call starts. I'm used to being in front of people, so I wasn't nervous. Uh, and um, we start talking, and she says, "Okay, tell me about the company." I tell her about the company. The woman stops me and says, "Okay." Hold it. I just need to say something. And right then and there, I went, oh, boy, here it comes. She says, <laughs> we get a lot of submissions of product, of cookies. That's, that's the department I'm in. I do uh, the work for the, the, uh, the uh, cookie department or the pastry department. And she said, these are the best cookies we've ever sampled since I've been here at, this, at Walmart. And I'm, I still got the face. It's very normal. I say thank you. But my right leg is shaking out of control. Like, I can't stop my leg. Because I'm like, oh, my God, what is about to happen? So she says, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you and talk about what's to come next. So at that point, Mario knows the system of Walmart, so he starts working on the paperwork that they sent him. We become vendors. And I'm now studying up on Walmart because if we're going to be in, I want to know as much as possible. Then uh, uh, I'm 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 in Europe at a festival backstage getting dressed to go on stage. True story. My phone rings. It's Mario. I pick up the phone, and Mario is a very cool guy. He goes, Ralph, are you sitting down? And immediately I stand up. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he, says, he says, we just got a call from Walmart just now. I said, what's happening? He 
said they just gave us 789 stories. Wow. And my, all of my bandmates are in the room looking at me because they, they don't know why I jumped out of my seat. They don't know if someone got sick or what's going on. And <laughs> I start crying. Like, and my mm-hmm. bass player, who's, who's Jerry Barnes, is like my brother, he sees me crying, so he starts crying. I'm like, you don't even know what happened there. What are you crying for? <laughs> so so I, tell, I tell the band, I said, we just got into 700 names in our Walmart. We all start crying. They all hug. It, it was crazy. It was, it was the most amazing moment. Uh, but that's how it all came about, from an internet situation to uh, where we are now. And now we just got picked up by Kroger. So we just oh went to Kroger to give us their stores. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so God, happy. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing yes. story. Thank you. How are you going to juggle the, the, the music in this? This is going to be tight. Well, well, you know, I have a partner who is um, – She's well well equipped to to handle um, what's to come, and I have uh, a friend slash I don't even know how to I hate calling her an assistant because her life on her own she's done amazing things, but she's literally come in to have my 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 back, you know. I, I and I hate the word I call her the person I work with. I just don't like that word assistant. Um, but she has been very essential in not only getting the cookies out as they are now from our factory because the Walmart deal is is too big for my space. So there's a company in New Jersey that's actually baking those cookies. And the other just last two weeks ago, I went out there as they packed two 18-wheelers full of Soul Snacks cookies. I, I took video of it that I'm going to edit. But it's a beautiful thing to watch the whole process come from a kitchen in, in the projects to going out across America and even to Alaska in uh, two 18-wheelers full of product. So it's, it's been amazing. So yes. I have people, to answer your question, I have many people uh, that uh, have my back and okay. I'm going to make this thing happen while I continue with my music career. Great. I have a title for you. It's called Business Coordinator. Business Coordinator. That is a great thank you. Don't like assistant at all. Because right. she, she, you know, I mean, I know, you know, I know she assists me, but assistant to me at her level just doesn't work. Business Coordinator I, is her official title right now. Her name is now Allison mm-hmm. Bush. Yes, that's it. Business coordinator. Wow. Everything is just on. Everything is just unfolding. Everything is in divine order. I love it, and this is just proof of how everything one step at a time. And look at all the amazing things that have happened, and all the amazing things that are yet to come. This has been so inspiring. Yes. So Marilyn, what do we call him? What do we call him? The best invention ever. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> you are the best invention ever. You have been such an inspiration. So many pearls of people to follow their passion and keep going, follow your dream and get out of your own way. And it's been 
like I just have to say so inspiring and just the way Aurelia and I opened up saying how things just unfold and you have to keep that trust and follow your intuition and that's exactly what you did and look where you are today so you are the perfect example and for all of those listening of the best invention ever yes Thank you, you, Ralph. I mean, this has just been a story that we could just, it's, it's a, it's a tale. And I'm sure that Mm -hmm. um, your, your, your ancestors are probably sitting up applauding you because they're so proud. Well, I hope so. You know, my goal is to always drive the community forward. You know, we're moving into a new facility that happened to be um, uh, a, a place that was closed down by the, uh, the state and the city and Amnesty International got involved. And um, it, it was uh, the Spofford Juvenile Detention Center. Actually, Mike Tyson was there, but they closed it down. And we're moving into that space, which is now all affordable housing as well as space for small business. And it's iconic. It says a lot about where the Bronx is going. It says a lot about where the community is going, and I want to be yes. there to support it 100. percent Yes, and that is your—that's your home. You know, the Bronx is, is your heart, so yes. it, it's fitting that you're there doing what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. It, it was just an honor having you on the show. It was an honor listening to your story, having you tell your story, because people need to understand that you have to really feed your passion because it will keep you nurtured. It will keep you going. And just love what you do and do what you love, and it will pay you back exponentially. And and your story is a, a classic example of all those things. And I thank you so much for that. And, um, you know, we, you know, the best thing that, that anyone, in my opinion, can do with their time is serve others. Um, empathy is at the front of the uh, religion. In my yeah. life, about just wanting to help others and do the right thing, you know, because that's, that's what's important. You know, right now, you know, we come up out of two years of turmoil. You know, we have, we have friends in Europe that are being attacked for no reason whatsoever, you know, it's, it's, us, it's up to us to, to continue to spread the goodness. That's just my opinion. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. And I always say the object of, this, of the existence on this earth is to help somebody. And you just said it as well. So it is true. So we just always have to remember it's not only about us. It's about those we serve. So thank you. Yes. Thank yes, you. thank you so much. Thank you both. Yes. Thank so you so enjoy your weekend, and we greatly appreciate you having on having you on the show. Thank you. And I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll be looking for those cookies. I will tell the listener. Okay, not a I will send her Have your, you um, your cookies yet? No. Okay. We, or you we don't have to work that out. Soon. If not, just let me know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, great. Have Thank a blessed you. day. Be blessed. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Well, Marilyn, once again, yeah. that was an amazing show. Yes, it was. 
I need are those cookies in Walmart already? I need to go and see if I can find those cookies. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but definitely. seriously, this is just amazing the way everything unfolded. And he, look how he started. He was making these cookies to give as gifts, right? Yeah. And like you said, it was being of service to others. And look at how much opens up for him. And it's not like he was struggling looking for it, right? Things just, he was attracting it, right? That's what I said earlier when we started. You will attract the people, you will attract the circumstances, and everything just unfolded for him the way it was meant to be. And everything is in divine order. Yes, yes, and yes. So, Marilyn, I have to say, this was an amazing show, and I'm glad we're, we're doing this because we're going to find so many more gems to share with our listeners, and I hope, my hope is that they're learning, and they're going to get out, and they're going to do, because each and every one of us is the best invention ever. We just have to do and, and listen and understand and move forward. Exactly. And just be aware about what you're thinking. Keep reminding yourself, I get what I think about, whether I want it or not. So make sure that you're thinking about your dream, your vision, and empowering thoughts because you have the power within to create the future that you want. Great. So on that note, Marilyn, we're going to say farewell to our listeners. It's not goodbye because we will be back again next week with another Best Invention Ever. So please join us. Bye for now. Until next time, have a blessed rest of the day. Looking for... Thanks for spending time with us. Come back now, yes? With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.